0: This is B2B Enablement, a Click.io podcast created to inspire sales and marketing leaders navigating digital transformation. I'm your host, Dave Carr, and on this show, we'll share actionable insights to build winning digital strategies and deliver better sales results with your customers. Well hello everyone and thanks for joining B2B Enablement. We're on episode number 20 today and we've got a really cool topic to cover with our guest Drew Franklin. We're going to dive into video marketing and how you can use it throughout the entire journey for your customers. Whether you're looking to create content in the awareness stage, uh, content for the consideration or even in the funnel, video is just such a powerful tool. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna have a round table discussion uh, along with Drew. I've got Paul catch, who is the Director of Business Development here at click.io with me. And uh, Paul uses video very, very frequently in his sales and outbound cadences uh, as well. So what we're gonna talk about is not just how you can use video marketing content at, at the top of the cycle and in traditional ways of video, uh, but how you can apply it throughout the entire buyer journey. So with that, I'm going to hand it over to Drew just to do a really quick introduction of himself, and then we will hop right into the topic.
1: Thanks, Dave, and glad to be back on the podcast. Looking forward to our conversation today surrounding a lot of video and how it plays in different parts of the journey. Um, Drew Franklin, 10 plus years in the marketing arena, primarily in B2B and manufacturing and the tech sectors. And started with video back in, I guess it was 2013, 2014, when I was the marketing manager at a a smaller uh, B2B manufacturing company, uh, Spock Automation, dealing with oil and gas. And I found my way into where I am today as the uh, marketing communications manager here at Altec, leading uh, our content team, content and communications, ranging from video, photography to public relations, internal, external communications, and all things content. So glad to be here.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Well, Drew, I guess where we'll start today, you know, we talk a lot about just video in general and, and how you get started with video. And if anybody wants to go back and do a refresher, uh, Drew was actually on episode number five of our podcast where we kind of talked about, you know, basics of getting started with video. How do you apply that? Drew, maybe let's just do like kind of a real quick recap. If you can just give us a couple of sound bites for some individuals who may be just beginning on this journey, we'll we'll touch on that and then we'll move into some more advanced ways that you can use um, video through your marketing efforts.
1: Absolutely, and one big thing that I've noticed throughout my whole career is the fear of gear. So one big thing we have to our advantage in 2021 is uh, like the iPhone 7 through 18,000, whatever one they've come out with now, they all, they all shoot 1080p at least, and they have incredible audio capturing capability. And I'll never forget, uh, one of my first videos I shot at Spock was I did it on a Canon Rebel T3i and captured the audio through my iPhone that was tucked away in like my shirt pocket like this. And spliced those two things up by learning Premiere. And being able to export that and show it it wasn't the most beautiful uh looking video but it's the part of just starting that process and uh, there's plenty of resources uh, whether it's youtube or just your peers maybe it would get you started but it's one thing i wholeheartedly believe this trend is not a fad it's not going away according to a lot of uh, data points that are coming out there i mean tracking from 2000 to where we're in 2021 video content uh, continues to exponentially grow year over year. Uh, You saw it in probably the peak was 2019, where like 87% of content that was being consumed uh, from a B2B standpoint was pure video. And that trend has really stayed there in that high 80s range for a long time. And really just getting to the starting point is just, you can start today with your computer that has a web camera, your iPhone, that's got it and being able just to start there and you can scale always scale up.
0: Yeah. And there's so many resources now as well. I mean, you know, whether you're capturing audio, from a phone in your pocket and and splicing it later to you know just using basic tools that may come native on your computer. You know if you're a Mac user, you can actually do a lot of stuff in iMovie. I mean it's pretty incredible what you can accomplish just with the native tools there. And you know Drew, I don't I don't know if you ever used this service, but I noticed uh, earlier this week that Canva has now come out with tools where you can actually do Video editing, and they have tons of effects and things that you can drop right into Canva, and I think it starts at like what ten bucks a month, right? So it's it's incredible what you can do with very little budget.
1: Yeah, one of those. I I don't have very many regrets in my career, but there is a jokingly regret where I didn't buy that lifetime subscription to Canva, you know, eight or nine years ago, and it was ninety nine dollars. <laughs> I thought well, that's the dumbest thing, but then now I'm like. Oh my goodness. I'm, I'm in Canva all the time, just whether it's graphics for myself or graphics for the business and just quick social stuff. But yeah, no, they've unloaded the enterprise option of you can put together any kind of video within Canva. It's pretty amazing and it's very intuitive and couldn't agree more with you, Dave. It's a good, yeah. good spot there.
0: Well, and it's just such a cool tool as a marketer in general. I mean, whether you're making social posts, I mean, and you don't have to know advanced design. I mean, I've I know just enough to be dangerous in Illustrator and, and other programs, but with Canva, it's, it's very easy. And I, I'm really glad to see that they're bringing video to the table on that as well. Uh, but moving past some of the the basic stuff. So I mean, if we, we start thinking about, you know, people who are going through this journey, they're moving past the basics of, you know, Hey, I've started shooting stuff on my iPhone. Where do I go next? Um, Talk to us a little bit about how you handle production. You know, What kind of tools are you using? What are you using? Premiere, are you using Final Cut? Uh, maybe give us some, a little bit of insight on some of the cameras that you've chosen and how you go about setting up some of your shots and, and doing editing.
1: No, that's great. And probably I first started um, shooting video with the flip camera, which was, this would have been back in 2009, 2010. Gradually this upgraded, saved some money, and my wife surprised me. My birthday and Christmas for with a Canon Rebel T3I, and I've just always been a Canon fan. um there's A bunch of folks I follow on YouTube that have essentially mentored me through the cloud on how to edit and shoot with DSLR cameras. And so, getting started with equipment, yeah, I mean, start anywhere that you can. Um, we currently today use uh, the, the 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 Canon R6 or the Canon R series, and being able to have that from At least the equipment side, Um, anything from mics—that's a big thing. Lights is another thing to consider when you're talking about, you know, the full production value of it. Uh, But then also being able to export all that and have a process with your team. Uh, We use Premiere here at Altec. That's something we use Premiere and then After Effects for a lot of uh, different graphic elements that we'd be producing. We do have some some team members uh, that use DaVinci Resolve for coloring, and that's getting like to the nth degree where we just have some talented individuals who's worked on some, um, some big budget films that that's just what they're comfortable with. And they do do it really well. And um, so they, they play in that space, but um, primarily uh, using Canon DSLRs and editing all that through premiere with some uh, after effects graphics to add, add that little extra punch and then exporting that. That's where, I think that's where people, at least marketers tend to miss the boat is after you export, it's then like, where do you go from there? Right. There's tons of people that create incredible content, but they fell on the distribution side. And that's where I've always really, really with my team really tried to express like, man, let's create once and distribute forever. So we create this beautiful piece of content. Where are we going? To, what's the first five places we're going to share that? Well, it's we're going to strip the audio for maybe a, just a audio only package and we transcribe that video and put that into a blog post on the website or we create chunks of that video testimonial and share that out for social. And it's just one of those things. We have to challenge ourselves as marketers constantly. How are we buying into the create once distribute forever methodology? And I think that's where a lot of our conversation will be housed today.
0: Yeah. And that's a perfect segue, man, because, you know, You talk about that and I always talk about, you know, multi-channel as well. How can you get the most out of any one piece of content? Um, You know, this example I'll give is not by any means, you know, super fancy video production work, but even with our webinars now, we've started taking pieces of those webinars, rolling them into podcasts, taking chunks, you know, use them on LinkedIn um, and transcription. I'll I'll tell you one little tip that that we've used uh, is having Descript. And I don't know if you've ever played with Descript before, Drew, but um, I use it a lot to create audiograms out of uh, other audio files or other videos that I can use to do captioning. But one other really cool way to use that tool is uh, the transcription is incredibly accurate. And so a lot of times if we're writing blog posts, uh, I'll actually go through and, you know, grab myself a couple of bullet points. I'll video myself talking through ideas on what a blog post could be. And we have a really talented writer on our team. A lot of times I'll send that video and the transcript over to her. She'll actually, you know, take the audio, listen to it and then take chunks of the transcription. And I mean, we've got 80% of a blog post just right there, right? So there's just, there's so many ways you can use it if you're if you're using uh, the audio functions and even ripping the SRT files and things like that. So um, are you
1: use Are you utilizing Descript also for like de- like dubovers? I know that's a big piece piece of that technology. Has, has it recognized your voice enough for you? You can just start dubbing dubbing over content? That's a really that
0: good video. question, man, because that, that is a super cool feature, and I have not got into that, and so okay. ma- maybe I need to challenge myself to go use that feature, but we haven't done the dub overs. I know another really cool feature is that you can actually use the artificial voices as well, so if you are in a hurry, you got to create a lot of content in a short amount of time. You can actually type out your scripts, and mm-hmm. some of the AI voices sound really, really realistic so you can you can use that as well have you guys played around with it i don't know if you've put it to use so Altec.
1: we've uh, we've played around a little bit like if we've got a concept video like for like hey like for example we created a a hospitality video for an event we have coming up later this fall and so we needed a concept voiceover we didn't want to pay someone for a concept script to read that so um, we just did something through Descript and being able to run that through. Yes, it was an artificial voice, but it was quick, like you said. And, and that way we could also make changes on the fly and get it exported quickly if we needed to do another voiceover attempt. Um, but for concepts, uh, it, it's been a very beneficial tool for our team. And the the dub over feature is really cool. Yes, it takes a little bit of time on the front end. You know, for someone like yourself, Dave or Paul, that you're, you're kind of a regular character in the story of, a lot of the content, that's where I do see it being a big benefit um, for marketers out there.
0: It's a great tool. And one of the things I like is that every time you log into the tool, they give you the daily tip. And so I have learned so much just by, you know, looking at that. And then their content on on YouTube as well is incredible. I mean, you can learn so much about how to put that tool to, to work. So... Um, you know, it's never been a better time to get started with video marketing just because of how many tools there, there are out there, whether it's, you know, something simple like Canva that you're using or Descript. Um, it, it's, it's just, it's so powerful and it's, there's so many opportunities to take it and use it. So I guess maybe on that same note, tell us a little bit about how you're going more into that distributions. So we talked a little bit about production and some of the tools that you're using there, what sort of uh, sweet spots have you found in terms of the ways that you're getting value out of distributing that content
1: absolutely and we've found a ton of value I just saw the latest numbers that come in where's uh where is the place where video is being consumed the most and and what we would deem as b2b uh, prospects or b2b marketing and you'll see youtube facebook and linkedin are the top three and then instagram's like right behind those three But one thing that we've doubled down on, is, at least on our social media calendar that we're producing every month, is how can we add more video? Like It used to just be we'd have a user-generated content, which is great. It gets incredible impressions, but how can we get more video into the social calendar? And we've just been very diligent about the past 18 months to try to get where every other post is some type of video piece of content, thinking that way. Um, so that's on Facebook and even in LinkedIn, we're seeing a lot of that. But where I think our sweet spot, where we're growing exponentially, is empowering our 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 own associates to post um, organically through LinkedIn, Facebook, um, you name it, and just being able to have our own. Because I mean we've we've got a lot of people that work at Altec, and just if you can already have that that user base sharing your content on behalf of the company, or just being able to get that message out more organically and especially on LinkedIn. That's, if that's one way you can gain the system is man, if you can empower your internal associates and make it easy for them to share content, uh, that's, that's a, that's a big win, at least from from my opinion.
0: That, that's an awesome recommendation, Drew. And, you know, follow-up question on that. Are you guys also getting your sales team actively involved? So, you know, whether it's social, they're sharing on LinkedIn, or are they actually going as far as starting to use some of those videos through email or through presentations? How have they embraced that end of the the customer journey?
1: So it's been a growing area, I would say, on uh, just distributing through email. Like there would just be a question or like we have a new product that comes out. It was one of those things where like, oh man, where's that YouTube link? And then we got to people uh, really educating again and buying buy-in from our sales teams to just they can always reference back to YouTube. Anything on YouTube, it is the gold standard. It is totally approved. You could share that out with the world if you wanted to. And just getting those people used to going to YouTube and doing like a self-service, if you will. And a lot of those folks could embed that content into their presentations if needed. That fits that kind of customer need. Um, But one big thing that that we found was back in the pandemic, uh, we started launching all these products and it was just like, and we would have like a one pager ready and we would try to do a sales video. And it was like, wait a minute. Like, what if we took advantage of this captive audience? And again, it gets back to that. You got to meet your customers where they're at. We started realizing that people are, people are at home, they're working from home or they're like, we've actually got a bigger attention opportunity because they're at the office and they're able to focus on everything. Cause the world's moving a little bit slower, maybe at the time. So we took an advantage to, we launched three different products virtually. We did a whole 45-minute presentation on launching a product in our lights and signs, our spray market, and then uh, actually we launched one in Australia virtually. And all three of them had three different successes. Um, There was a couple that did better than the others, but that's something we found was like very, very different and very useful, at least for our industry where we were. And it 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 created that opportunity where sales could then take that presentation, but hey man, I knew you couldn't make the launch today, but here's the recap, and being able to have those conversations post virtual launch.
0: That's an awesome application, and I you know you're one of several people that I've talked to marketers lately that have talked about how they're using virtual launches, video pre-recorded launches of of products and solutions to really get out in the marketplace. So that's, that's incredible. And it's good to hear also that, you know, you guys are moving that, uh, the utilization of video all the way down into your sales team. Perfect segue for me to kind of ask a question over to Paul. Um, so as I mentioned, when we started out, you know, Paul, uh, leads our business development team and he personally has used video a lot, both in prospecting. So early in the, in the sales cycle, and then toward the end as we get, customers closer to, to close. But, you know, Paul, I'd just love to get some of your thoughts around how you've seen video be, be important for you and some ways that you found that it's been effective when you're engaging with prospects.
2: Yeah, well, I think that video for one is, is so effective these days because of how diverse it can be used, right? It can be used in all aspects of the business, not just for marketing itself, but sales, customer service, customer experience, pretty much all aspects can use it, um, right? So, I mean, on the when we when we use it on our side, we use it in sales for more of our outbound purposes or kind of driving closes at the end of the funnel. Um, so we've seen a lot of effective work when we were putting like highly scalable personalized videos together. So that's like one of the, the first ways we've seen using it. And I think one of the points that, that Drew brought up there was for marketers, but it's also the same for a lot of the sales reps these days. I mean, you've got a phone in your pocket, you've got a camera on your computer, you've got access to Vidyard, which is a free service to record your videos on you're really empowered these days to 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 get into that next gear as Drew said and and start taking action right so for sales these days we've been i guess the first thing is creating those highly personalized videos and so when we understand our target market or the customers we're looking to target We'll put together a video for them, we'll do a little bit of research on that specific individual, maybe um, a little bit related to their role, posts that they've they've done on LinkedIn, um, and we'll try to drive some engagement that way. So that's one of the first ways we've really seen it um, be effective. Now, mind you, um, when we talk about scaling and trying to, to, to be effective and efficient, that's one of the harder ways to do it on Outbound because you have to create a video for every prospect that you want to engage with. But... I think Dave, we've seen other effective ways of using our marketing content and our video on the sales front. Like for example, the webinars that we've been doing recently, like Dave was saying, and we've been chopping those up. Those are now perfect touch points for our our reps to go out with. So every time we finish a webinar, We've got a new topic to send out. We've got to do wealth of information that we can use as a touch point and say, hey, John, I'm not sure if you had the opportunity to tune into our webinar, but just wanted to send this your way as I thought it would be fitting. And you'd be amazed at how many people come back and kick up the conversation just on a positive touch point like that. And so I think that we've seen quite a few effective ways of of using video on on the sales front. Uh, Another way of of scale making scalable options that we do is creating one video for a target market. So if you don't want to do that personalized video for each individual at a company, um, we find that is highly effective. It's better to do that if you are able to tailor your message to a specific individual. But another scalable way of doing it is if we're going after an organization or a specific target market, creating that 30 second or 60 second video of our value prop for that target market or for that organization. That way we can use that video as a first, second or third touch point for everybody in that, that cadence and everybody in that um, approach and in, in that prospecting.
0: Well, and and that's a great example of sales and marketing partnership there as well. Right. Because, you know, if, if your marketing team is doing the right job, and they're creating content for each stage of that buying cycle and it's built around the message that you want to convey to your clients or to touch on their pain points it makes it a tremendous opportunity for sales to use that because you know and let's all be honest i mean you know nobody likes to just get their inbox full of crap from sales like hey let's book a meeting hey i think i can solve your problem but when you're when you're sharing content it, it's, it's not only so much more personalized and engaging, it tells people you care, it tells people that you've done some research, that you understand their, their problems, and the likelihood, like you said, Drew, of engagement is so much higher. But, you know, I'll tell you, and I mean, this is my own personal theory, and I've seen some data to back it up, but you know, when we think about the buying cycle now, the buyer journey with 70% of it happening before a prospect ever engages with sales, I think a lot of that same mentality applies to how buyers wanna buy once they engage with sales. So if people wanna see content at the early stage of the funnel, they also have that same desire once you're engaging in in a one-on-one conversation. So it doesn't end. It's a total cycle, one feeds the other, and I think when marketing and sales are working together well, the rising tide lifts all boats because not only are you creating things that can look great on LinkedIn or, or YouTube or wherever, but you're also empowering your salespeople to have a better conversation simply because they took the time to share something when every one of their competitors just, you know, sent a spam email. (laughs) So.
1: No, well said. And that's something that, a a stat that stood out to me that I saw actually in my inbox was um, from HubSpot that 73% of buyers or people Uh, Want to see entertaining content, and it made me think of. I I have known of this product, have used this product for years at previous role. But Wistia, for example, I I engaged with them. They had a new um, podcast opportunity within their uh, within their subscription model, and I was talking with a sales rep. uh, Shout out to my boy Irvin uh, Irvin over at Wistia. He just was like super genuine in the way he learned learned about me, learned my love for Alabama football and all nerdy things like Ninja Turtles and stuff like that. And all of a sudden, he sent me, like, a custom – and we already said, like, man, it's probably not going to work this year, but maybe let's look at the next year. He sent me, like, this custom video of just, like, um, a recap of, like, what he saw in the spring A-Day game for Alabama and then was like, hey, man, did you see this new spinoff movie? Um, And it just took that content in a way that – and then morphed it back to. Oh, by the way, we're doing a big update uh, for Wisty. I think that some a pain point you talked about. If you need anything, let me know. If not, here's something that's helpful. I just dropped another link in my inbox. And to me, to your point, Dave and Paul, just like how you can utilize the content that marketing's already created and distribute that in a way that's just helpful. I think think's a big, big win. It sets you apart from every, all the other distractions and all the other noise that people are seeing in their inbox. So. What to uh, what we were talking about earlier
0: could could not agree more and to me like what i hear in between all of that is it makes it human it makes it it makes it real it's not rigging the outcome and and i think people have just a huge desire for that especially in the wake of of covid and you know we're all so many of us are still working from home and we're just looking for ways to keep those interactions, but you know, genuine I think always wins. And, and it's funny I'll, I'll bring this up. We were we were talking about this before we hopped on the podcast. But the super awesome, uh, well lit background you see that back there behind Drew, and you know the the funny thing about that is that's where they produce their videos, right? And and Drew could have put on some fancy you know virtual background or put anything up, but it's I love the fact that you were literally just chilling in your studio, man. And you know, you've got the lighting set up. It's just things like that. I think when you think about all the aspects of how you can look more real to your buyer at any stage of the funnel, you're always going to win versus somebody that's going to try to over complicate or, or, overproduce something.
1: No, that's, that's well, well said. Yeah. And there's a lot of, I think that's what the pandemic probably more importantly in going into to where we are in 2021, I think the buyers expect that. But also I think it's well noted that marketers and even companies really need to embrace that. Uh, I think that's something that everyone wants to go back to 2019, where it was just like, we're going and blowing, doing all the things that we've been doing for years. And I think we're being forced to pivot in a way to meet meet buyers and meet prospects, meet customers where they are today. And, um, I think that sometimes we forget that as marketers, like we forget that we are marketing to people just like us. It's like, as a marketer, I don't like to be spammed in my inbox. I don't like to get the pushy LinkedIn messages where people are just like, they connect with me and immediately follow up with like, Hey, can we do a 15 minute call? Because I want to, I want you to learn more about my business. Like, well, no, like that doesn't no value template. for me. You
2: can see it's a template. <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: Right. And I, and I, you know, it's funny. I, I don't, I, I'm trying to keep this message like a reply message in my notes on my computer. Cause it's like, you know what? If you can do me a five, if you can record me a five minute video and explain to me the benefit you're trying to bring through my LinkedIn message inbox, I will be happy to schedule a call with you. You know how many people have done that? I would guess two percent. Like whoa, Zero. (laughs) It's crazy.
2: Take advantage of that. And that's one of the things I love. Right. I mean, we've been locked up for the past year and a half now. Right. And been in a digital world. But the video aspect, which has been on the up and up over the past couple of years, has really brought that digital world and the physical world back together. Right. There's no doubt that video conveys emotion and effectiveness. Right. It's you can actually see the person talking and you it's much harder to ignore, right? That's just one of the, the blatant facts. And I'm speaking kind of on an outbound level here. Right. But, um, same thing goes for, for using marketing content and, and those videos too, right. That it's much harder to, um, it really conveys the the message a lot better um, through video. And you can actually see that emotion. And especially when I put on the video and I say, Hey, John, or Hey, Paul, or Hey, Peter, and, and you can't ignore that, right? Cause that's not a template that's just been passed from one person to the other in my company. That's me taking my 30 seconds or 60 seconds to kind of f- bring that human engagement back into that sales process or that, that, that buying process.
0: It, it's, it's putting, it's putting a face and a person behind the message and, you know, it's it's so, I'm, I love that you brought that up, Paul, because that idea, I think, transcends sales as well. I mean, it certainly works good in Outbound. It certainly works good when you're having that one-on-one narrative. Drew, I'll, I'll make this point, and then I'd love to hear what you have to say about it as well. But for some of our videos, what we found uh, when we're running ads on YouTube and on LinkedIn when we moved away from just using like B roll and other like fancy graphics or, or uh, typography to talking head, so literally having just a talking head of somebody with some nice transitions or whatever, our conversion rates almost doubled. I mean, it's amazing how much better a, a, a video performs from an ad perspective when you have a person behind it. And it's not just, you know, fancy shots or, or whatever else. And I, Drew, I don't know if you guys have had, you know, experimented with that either. I don't know how much advertising you're doing with, with video, but I'd, I'd love to know your thoughts.
1: Yeah, that's something we haven't done a good job experimenting with, but we have done a ton of video, whether it's the pre-roll ad on YouTube or Facebook for uh, one big thing we're uh, testing. We're going to be testing going into later this fall for recruiting marketing. Uh, and I know everyone's probably in this weird limbo of trying to find the best talent out there Um, but from a manufacturing perspective we are growing at a pretty sizable clip where we're just trying to hire a bunch of people uh, for different roles whether it's welders painters technicians uh, assemblers engineering you name it and so we've actually created a series of associate testimonials which is something we haven't done before Extensively, publicly at least, and so we're fixing to run those on Facebook and part of YouTube as well, just to kind of get a give a glimpse of the culture inside of Altec. Um, but that's something that that'll be running on social. Uh, being able to have those on our job listings as well, having a video of someone like identifying if it's an engineering role, we have an engineer. Um, a testimonial on that job listing that's something we just haven't done in the past that i'm excited about rolling out into the fall and we'll see kind of where if we get more application submissions or more people interested in different roles at Altec. and uh, there'll be some maybe some different metrics we'll try to measure against on that i really uh, like that that's, yeah it's yeah. something i'm we're excited about and uh i'm curious uh as far as uh, Paul, you mentioned earlier on video, like using Vidyard to, to send out content or there's other platforms like Loom or, uh, what, what kind of tools are you guys using to, to distribute that out from a sales perspective?
2: Yeah, there's, we keep it pretty simple. There's really two tools that we use. We use Vidyard, which is what our sales reps and team will use to record our videos. And, and the best part about Vidyard is if you don't have to pay for a team service, right? You can, uh, our team licensing, you can just get the free version and that allows you to start taking your, your videos and, and. I think you could take up to five minutes. You don't need to go past that. They should be 30 to second videos at most. Um, and then once we create the videos on Vidyard, we use uh, Sales Loft. And Sales Loft, uh, if you're not familiar, uh, is an engagement tool and really helps us organize our engagement to different um uh, prospects and targets and so we're able to organize the series of steps and then our first step might be send a video to uh, the, the, these prospects uh, and so with the integration there it really allows our reps to take either a video from marketing that dave's already created and add that into their first step on their email or just take a personalized video that they did today in the morning and attach it to their email. Um, And that's great because it works in unison perfectly. They film the video, 60 seconds, hop on, they do their engagement, attach it, and then they can get analytics afterwards too. So we can see who's opened that video and and for how long. Uh, And that's important, right? Because we, when we're reaching out to 30, 50, 100 people, uh, we want to make sure that we're following up with ones who are engaged and are watching our video. And um, that's where the analytics really comes in is important for us. So really only two tools, um, Vidyard and SalesLoft.
0: Vidyard has really been a game changer for us. And, and we even went uh, to the pro version where you can add your branding. So that was important for us to be able to add in our colors and logo and branding. And you can attach links once you go to the pro version as well. So if you want to have redirects and things like that off the video, it's great. Um, but, you know, another thing, too, like even within SalesLoft, um, from from a marketing content perspective, we're using our own sales enablement tool as well. So we're actually attaching the links, you know, from Click from our app that actually allows those customers to go to our app to view the content. And and what we like about that, and what I love about that as a marketer, is we get the deeper analytics on engagement. So now I don't I don't just know hey someone opened it. I know how many times they viewed it, I know how long they viewed it, I know if they came back and looked at it again a month later. So those kind of things are are really clutch for us to start understanding not only how we do follow up from sales, but also how effective our marketing content is and how can we associate ROI with that content because, and I know you'll agree with me on this Drew, I mean the challenge is is always, hey, we're spending budget on on creating content, what's, what's our return, right? How do I know that that actually made a difference on on a sales conversion and if you're looking at that through something like a sales enablement tool or you're tracking that in salesforce then now you have those sort of analytics to make a lot better judgments and then it's way easier to ask for budget right so when you go talk to the ceo and say i need more money well here's why i can show you the the results of how that how that converted
1: or it even uh, helps helps justify the current budget you have and maybe gives you a little bit of insight of redirecting mm-hmm. some of the budget it's like well maybe we don't need to spend it's an arbitrary number—ten thousand a month or fifty thousand a month on Facebook uh, ads because we could probably scale that back down to five or twenty, and then redirect that to how can we really our processes. If you're seeing that all in our in our Salesforce CRM, and that's one big thing that um I remember at Spock at least Spock Automation, where I was able to track all those things in, in Salesforce and really understand our, our prospects and our customers and how they digested content. And then I could formulate a really good playbook for our sales teams. So like, okay, like you can embed this particular Wistia video in your email and then send that out and we can track all that. And then we can get them easier into a, um, just something that fits where they are. And the big thing there, yeah, to your point, Dave, is like, if, especially if you're a one man marketing shop and you're trying to prove out like a lot of these things are working. Um, one big thing is showing like, hey, just go ahead and get that, pieces of video uh like ready we talked about earlier in the conversation like think of those ways uh Dave you mentioned earlier about taking a blog post and just reading it having an audio format of that blog post and then creating maybe a graphical video to support it um but just getting getting started by getting those content pieces put together and then you can get to the point where you can have a storage closet converted to a video studio and where it makes sense when your boss is not going to be like no we're not doing that it's um, you can get to a point where you can have your own team. Um, I only say all this because I was that guy when I first came to Altech. Um, I had to use my own equipment for the first three months and I went out and shot associate testimonials and shot my own customer testimonials for the first three months until I was able to put all those pieces together to show like this is important. It moves the needle. It helps those conversations with sales happen more easily and then all of a sudden it was like, okay, we'll allot some budget to get equipment. And we'll, and then when we scaled that, I was able to add a person to the team. And then now we've been able to add uh, a total of four people to my team. And we've got we've converted a storage closet to a, uh, a video studio and just able to just continually make that content week in, week out. But again, it gets back to just uh, starting and doing and being able to measure it accordingly.
0: That's an awesome example, man. And, and you know right to where we started on this discussion around how easy it is everybody's got an iphone everybody's got access to tools like canva so there's no excuse if you want to try and you want to start and you want to make some results to go get that budget it's it's never been easier than it is right now to, to do that um so I, I know we're getting a little close on time here i want to make a quick pivot because there's something i want to come back and talk with you about paul and then right before we wrap up, Drew, I want to get in a little bit further into some of the ways that you guys are using messaging around how to build your videos and kind of how you're looking at that. But uh, but let's take a step back to the human element. And I know we talked earlier around how putting a face um, to a message is so important, how using personal touch points are so important. Uh, Paul, I'd love for you to tell us some stories about how you guys on the sales side have been using video even through things like Cameo, because I know there's been a couple of examples where uh, you and your team have, you know, learned enough about a prospect where you've done some really cool things with, you know, putting together Cameo videos. Can you tell us about that?
2: Yeah, that's a couple of times we've used it. It's an awesome story as well. Um, So I think the first thing that you brought up there is the human aspect of it, right? I mean, if you aren't being a human when you're interacting with your your buyers you're not doing your job right you got to understand them you have to understand what their needs are but you've also got to understand them as a person too i mean what they like what their interests are if you're just talking on that 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 sales relationship it can make the conversation a lot more difficult than it needs to be Uh, and most of the best opportunities we have worked with have come from personal relationships i think that drew you mentioned earlier one of the best relationships you had buying software from somebody was when they were talking to you about football games right or or interacting with you about football games right same thing for us is we've put a lot of that human element into our, our process. And, and those conversations are small, but it builds a good foundation to really create that relationship on. Um, and so we've used soccer games and Cameo was a great way of reengaging some buyers who we had gone had gone cold with us. So uh, we had some great meetings with with some potential buyers uh, who we wanted to work with. And um, we thought that there was a great fit. And after things got cold for a little while, we had known enough about them to um, we had known the, the, their favorite basketball team and, and their favorite basketball players. And what we actually did is we found uh, the cameo service online, which has uh, professionals and all stars and famous actors do short uh, videos uh, in, in exchange for, for money. Um, we used that cameo to basically just do a quick greeting for uh, one of our prospects, who we knew he he had loved this basketball player, and so we got this quick thirty second video to say, um, "Hey there, this is so and so from from um, the basketball team," and, and it was an awesome way of reengaging that prospect. Uh, and we used it on a couple of occasions, and, and really, um, it, it's just it's putting that human element back into it, right? And and, and saying, "Hey, this isn't just a sales relationship." Um, we had used it actually for like a happy birthday and uh, a happy new year at the same time. Um, and so it's just really an awesome way of re-engaging. Uh, we used it on, on a couple of occasions. The second time we had used it, um, uh, we actually got a really good response from that prospect. They, they messaged us back right away and said, hey, uh, thanks so much for putting that together. How did you guys know that, blah, blah, blah. Um, and it's just really cool to see the conversation kick up again from from something like that. And so uh, I think when you talk about the human element, David, I think uh, that, that's probably the, a good example of putting that human element back into that, that process.
0: There's nothing like getting a happy birthday from a celebrity to make you re-engage in a sales conversation. <laughs> so that's awesome, man. Um, well, Drew, I, I just got a couple more things I want to throw your way. So I mentioned uh, before we talked to Paul about just messaging and kind of how you guys are, are building videos. Um, I, I, and I know you're using video for so many different things at, at Altech from product, testimonials, etc. But are there any tips and tricks you've learned around how to build the messaging for those videos, how to do the scripting, how to make sure that things are sort of on point. Do you have a formula that you use that is effective?
1: I ask a lot of questions. I've learned, the uh, assumptions are dangerous. And you just ask a lot of questions that, um, you know, to me, like when we do a testimonial, I'll go ahead and give you the, the, the dirty details here. So we took, we typically start off very high level and then as we all get comfortable with each other we start getting pretty granular i start with just like hey man tell me your name your company how long you've worked with this company tell me a little bit about your background and then we got i hear a couple of stories and all of a sudden i'm making mental notes throughout this interview like okay like he been he's lived in Baltimore his entire life he's worked at uh, this particular utility company for 30 plus years he's probably seen a lot and um then all of a sudden you started asking the relationship with haltech like tell me about your experience with Altech so far. And it's like, have you experienced outside of just new equipment? Have you experienced you know, a good experience with our service team? Or how do you leverage our finance division through Altec Capital? And then all of a sudden it's like, you start hearing these stories and surely people, if they have a good experience, they're gonna tell you that one awesome experience. Like, man, you know what, Tony with the service group, we had one issue that we've uh, we've had with an equipment. He came out within two hours of the phone call got us up and running and all of a sudden like that's like your hook within the testimonials like how the customer felt so excited to work with a a vendor as Altec and um, that that, you know a little bit of that but there's a there's some questions and I guess the formula is we send all those questions over beforehand so they get like a week to two weeks to digest on it I'm just rehatching it I don't even ask questions I'm just like tell me a little bit about this tell me a little bit about that you're just pulling a lot of those answers out during that conversation Uh, but getting back to the messaging part of it is uh, we try to take those questions and think about how do how do those questions answer either a pain point or how does it answer the solution we're trying to get Um, I think one example I could probably speak to is we have a a mechanical tree trimming device that is we developed and patented here at Altec and it is insulating. So what does that mean is you can take a grapple saw at the end of a boom tip and it can go up to energized lines and take off trees, cut trees, take it off, which where that used to only be done by something that was non insulating. So you couldn't even like, it was not even legal to like go up and do that. So the messaging there was like, we can protect people like away from harm's way from you know any type of electrical line voltage uh, keeping them on the ground and everyone's working safe but it's also more efficient Uh, you don't have to take a full crew of six people out to do a job that would take half an hour to set up two hours to cut clean and another half hour to package up and go home where now you can take two guys out to the same job one truck do the thing and get it done less than an hour and a half and move on to the next thing and so a lot of that's just uh I think case by case as far as developing messaging goes, but I think asking a lot of questions, getting back to my original answer is probably the biggest thing. And you can always develop from there because I, I think the assumptions of a lot of marketers get them in trouble. They assume their buyer or their prospect feels this way and they just haven't filled in a lot of the gaps with uh, the right kind of questions.
0: Golden, so, golden yeah. piece of advice right there. And I mean, the, you know, the the right questions not only eliminate those assumptions, which I think is always a dangerous thing as marketers, but it also helps get to the story. And I love that example you gave of, you know, when you're interviewing somebody and you're you're letting those questions get you deeper and deeper to find that story. Because it, we all know as marketers that that's the ultimate goal, right? If you can tell a story in, in your marketing, in your messaging, in your videos, that is what connects on that human element. So I, I think that's a great piece of advice. And, you know, too, like you you mentioned, uh, uh, you know, how you're able to put that saw on the end of the device and, you know, you can protect people and there's the story to be told with that. Um, You know, one thing that we've used, uh, primarily for like ad copy for videos where we have to really, really make a big impact in 30 to 60 seconds, uh, we use chain of relevance. And I don't know if you guys have, have focused on that or have heard about that, but in summary, and I'll put a link in the show notes here if you wanna check it out, but in summary, Uh, It's essentially how do you help X, with X being your ideal customer profile, accomplish Y, which is that individual's job to be done, by providing Z, which is your value prop. How does your value prop solve that? And so it makes it a really simple formula and equation to get it done. And when you hear it, it's like, oh, that's common sense. Like, yeah, like how do you help X you know, achieve Y by doing Z, but you can get lost sometimes, right? As marketers, we overcomplicate things. We think about things too much, but when you're really trying to get down to the core of it, you know, using devices like that and using questions, using things where you can build uh, a process around how you lead that narrative is an extremely important. As we get ready to wrap up here, you know, we, we talked about a lot of really helpful things, I think for marketers, you know, whether you're at the beginning of your journey or you're getting more advanced, um, but I want to come back down to just hardware and, and physical infrastructure of shooting videos. Drew, if, if somebody's out there today, they're coming out of their you know quote unquote utility closet like you talked about and you're trying to do more things, like what would you recommend on a beginning setup for a marketer that's trying to take it to that next level? Like what kind of camera would you get? What kind of lighting? And What are some of the things that you want to think about to, uh, to make a better quality video?
1: Yeah, no, no, and that's a good question. And there's probably a couple of different questions I would follow up with. One being, what's your budget, and what what's your ideal budget, and what's something you could get away with, like today, right? If you could get away with something today, let's just say twenty five hundred dollars, I would go get a, a probably a Canon ninety D with the kit lens, uh, or maybe even a Nifty 50, 50 millimeter lens that gives you that nice shallow depth of field, and go get you a a tripod and a lights, a three three light point, a three point light setup, and all on Amazon. And I could just, uh, I, I actually have a a cheap budget, a basic budget, an intermediate budget, and then like a pro budget stuff all in an Amazon wish list that I share with friends all the time. And it's just like if you just had this much, but if you could get away with that twenty five hundred dollar budget, you just need a camera, a tripod, uh, some type of microphone setup. I love a shotgun mic, a, a Rode video mic pro uh, there's cheaper options available uh, getting a nice lighting setup and this paper backdrop that we have back here it only costs and this is a huge one this is a huge one it's only like 90 dollars. and uh, getting some type of support to put that on and if you don't even you don't even really need a paper backdrop you could just paint a wall like a, a matte black color or some type of matte color and you could light shape it behind you uh, there's a really nice article uh, from Wistia that I always reference people to. It's a down and dirty light kit. And it is, if you are, you have zero budget, and you're having to <laughs> steal equipment to to start video. Uh, it is an awesome kit for a hundred dollars. And it's actually something I used to film my first series of videos at Spock automation. And it is just, it's, t- it's three can lights. So you got these daylight balance lights and you can all get it at home Depot for like a hundred dollars. And you can set that up. No big deal. And if you've got a, what I would call like a more intermediate, intermediate pro budget, I would definitely recommend looking at the uh, Canon R6 with a, either a 15 to 35 millimeter lens or a 24 to 70 millimeter lens. That's got that nice uh, 2.8 aperture, which gives you this really nice depth of field. Um, with that and getting a nice big soft box with a, a really good light that puts out good light source with a, maybe an upgraded microphone and some other supporting lights to help get a lot of this shape light in the background. Um, but that's probably where I would start. And then uh, definitely there's tons of resources to like, how do you set up lights? How do you set up microphones on YouTube as well? And um, the, the probably the next biggest thing, the biggest challenge for people is like, well, that's great. Now that I've recorded all this, like, how do you edit it? My biggest thing is you just start wherever you feel more comfortable with. I've worked with people who do only iMovie, and that's awesome because they're doing just streamlined videos and they just want to get it done. Uh, Final Cut's another great one. Uh, that's a one time fee, you get the app forever. Uh, Premiere, which is part of the Adobe Creative Cloud. I think that's the best bang for your buck if you're wanting to do video long term. That's just my personal opinion because they offer a ton of uh, opportunities for motion graphic templates that help repeatable. Uh, processes within your video. I use that weekly um, with all the video content we produce here at Altec, And then uh, with Premiere especially, there's a ton of really, really good resources uh, by Caleb Wojcik. He's a content creator uh, out of San Diego, California. And I binge watched his six. Uh, it was like a six video series course on like the basics of Premiere Pro. And it's totally free. And I never forget when I got to meet him at Vid Summit out in Los Angeles uh, three or four years ago. I just went up to him and this guy's very tall. He's like 6'6 and very imposing. And he's not like super extroverted like myself. And so I went up to him and I was like, Caleb, I just got to say thank you. Thank you so much for teaching me how to use Premiere. It's changed my career. And he just looked at me like, cool, thanks, man. And just (laughs) kind of like walked off. I was like, what just happened? But uh, there's there's tons of those resources out there, and I'd be happy to uh, to share those with with Dave. Maybe we include some of them in the show notes.
0: That that would be fantastic, Drew. I'd love to drop those links in, especially on you know those lighting kits. And and it's funny you bring that up. You know, even when when I first started. Um, know, and my my journey in video marketing began a lot a lot like Drew's. I was running marketing for an electrical distributor and we started producing videos and I think we bought like probably the kit you're talking about on Amazon, like the down and dirty, (laughs) like that was our you know, with the fluorescence and it's got a little softbox. And then from there we upgraded to some LEDs that you could do color tuning and, and actually, you know, have better control of your white balance and things like that. Uh, but there's so many options and and it's really impressive what you can do even with the down and dirty kits. As long as you've got the three point, you know, you've got your key light fillers. If you want to do a hair light or something on the, on the back, um, you know, there's there's so many things. Um, you mentioned the paper, the paper backdrop, which I have, I have never used those. We did paint a wall though. Uh, when, Mm -hmm. when we were doing videos, we actually, uh, Pantone matched a, a paint to our, our corporate blue painted a wall in our marketing, uh, uh, office and would shoot on that. And so we'd put up a light behind it to kind of, you know, get the nice glow and then, and, and and do it that way. Green screens as well. So if you want to grab green screens, I mean, you can get them for like 30, 40 bucks on Amazon. It's another really easy way. If you've got something like Premiere where you can do keying and actually pop, uh, you know, uh, things in the backdrop. So yeah, anyway, we could, we could nerd out on this for a long time. So, but that, that would be awesome. If you would send over some of that insight, drew, I'll make sure to drop that in the show notes and, uh, who knows, maybe we'll, do, we'll do a whole nother episode just on, uh, equipment and, and things like that. So, um, well, anyway, guys, thank you so much for, for joining and, and listening in with us today. Uh, Drew, thank you for, for joining the show, Paul as well. Um, I think we've talked about so many really, really cool things, uh, related to video marketing and how you can use it all throughout the buyer journey. So, uh, for everyone that's taken the time to join and listen, we appreciate it. Uh, if you haven't done so already, go ahead and hit the like button or subscribe to our podcast. Uh, that's how other people find us and that certainly helps us uh, you know, grow our, our following. And uh, I'll also put Drew's info uh, in the podcast notes as well if you wanna connect with him on LinkedIn as well as, as Paul. Um, so thank you for, for tuning in and Drew and Paul, uh, thanks for sharing your knowledge and insight. Thanks guys. Awesome. Thanks,
1: thanks Dave, great. thanks Paul.